I don't know about you, but this Easter weekend, I've just so wanted to get out of the house. I mean, I want to get out of Roselle, just go for a drive and enjoy the great beauty of the great outdoors. I mean, the weather has been so amazing, right? But then I'm reminded that I could potentially get a fine for non-essential travel. So why is it that we dream and long to see beautiful places? Why does gazing at beautiful places feel as essential as getting your groceries? Why do we feel after that we've been well-fed, our toilet paper is well-stocked, we're still wanting more, we're still longing for more? And it's because we're not just biological beings, we're also affectionate beings. That's why Anne Rand, a convinced atheist, says, admiration is the greatest human need. We hunger to admire as much as we hunger for food. Or to put it in a more God-centered way, God has made us hunger for worship. And when you come across something that is spectacularly beautiful, how does that make you feel? And for those of you who are married, I know you're pressured to say that your spouse, uh, he or she is spectacularly beautiful and he or she makes you very happy. You look, yes, your husband or your wife is very beautiful, but besides your spouse, where else have you been struck by spectacular beauty? People commonly say places like the Grand Canyon. Many say the Grand Canyon is spectacularly beautiful. Or places like the Northern Lights. Many have admired the spectacular beauty of the Northern Lights. For me, it was at an open bath at the Hotokashi Hot Springs on one of my trips to Japan. And it was breathtaking. And what struck me when I was there, I didn't feel a sense of happiness, but an inspiring sense of fear. I mean, it's not that hard to imagine that I was feeling a bit vulnerable, uh, being, I guess, Nudie Rudy with my 20 centimeter by 20 centimeter towel. I was feeling a bit exposed and vulnerable but the sense of vulnerability and fear was heightened when I was just exposed to the grand beauty, the vast, beautiful landscape that was just engulfing me. It was a beautiful yet intimidating landscape. And that's why the definition of awe is an overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, and fear. Awe is a type of fear which we're drawn to. Awe is a type of fear that we hunger to worship in. What today's passage is saying is that if your life is feeling flat, if you're feeling empty, if your life is feeling without exhilaration, without a fulfilling purpose, it's because you don't see the beauty and the awe of the risen Christ. In Matthew's account of Jesus' resurrection, we see the guards' fear. We also see 
the woman's fear. And we also see Jesus telling the women to not be afraid. All of them tell us why we should be fearing in awe of Jesus and to hunger to worship him. Firstly, the guards fear. When Jesus was risen to life, we read from verse 2 that there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and the clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The guards were these bouncers who were guarding Jesus' tomb and they probably expected some challenge, some opposition against them. But no way did they expect to have an encounter and be confronted with an angel who rolled the stone away and then sat on top of it and appeared like lightning. The guards were so scared that they froze like dead men. The guards' fear tells us about Jesus' power. A few verses down in chapter 28, verses 18, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The risen Christ not only has authority on earth, but also in heaven. And so no earthly leader could ever trump Jesus' authority and power. No matter how much power one earthly leader could ever consolidate in this world, it would still be no match to Jesus who rules over earth and over the heavens, such that the angels stand in service to Jesus. It means that Jesus is the commander-in-chief of countless of angels who are mighty and indestructible. Let's have a biblical image of the risen Christ and his angels shape our mental picture about Jesus' power and authority. We read in Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. When the, angels, when the angel descended with power, the power of an earthquake, an appearance of lightning, to announce the resurrection of the Son of God, the meaning is this, all authority on earth and heaven has been given to Jesus, been given to the risen Christ. The guard's fear tells us about Jesus' complete, sovereign power over the entire cosmos. An awe that trumps the Grand Canyons, an awe that trumps the Northern Lights, and oh, very much so an awe that trumps an onsen on a Japanese mountain. The angels stand in service to the risen Christ. But the risen Christ uses all of his power and all of his authority to show kindness to his disciples. We see in the woman's fear, Jesus sends an angel to the women who are looking for Jesus' body to say in verse 4, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. And then in verse 7, the angels command them to go and tell the other disciples that he is risen and that Jesus will meet them in Galilee. 
Jesus sends the angel to comfort the woman, to reassure them that Jesus is indeed risen. Then verse 8 says they ran to do just that. But it says with fear and great joy. They were joyful that Jesus was alive, but they were still fearful. And then the most wonderful thing happens. Jesus himself comes to intercept the women. He meets the women on their way to tell the other disciples. We have to think, why does Jesus do that? The women, they were obedient to the angel's command. And Jesus seems to just repeat the angel's command in verse 10. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Why would he bother to stop these women on their way? Well, the only answer is kindness, pure, overwhelming kindness. It's an unnecessary bonus from the big heart of the risen Christ. The disciples being comforted of their fears tells us that Jesus uses all of his power. He uses all of his authority to show intimate kindness to his own people. We have to let that sink in. Jesus has all power, all authority over the entire cosmos. And he uses all that power, all that authority to show kindness to his disciples. The risen Christ is powerful, infinitely powerful. And the risen Christ is intimately and extraordinarily kind to you. Some may ask, where is the kindness of, and love of Jesus? Well, I think Mary Madeline would answer, he will meet you down the road of obedience. Jesus will walk with you. He will meet with you. He will follow you as you follow him. He will be right by your side. The kindness shown to the woman was also for the other disciples. What the woman might have been fearful was, now that Jesus is Jesus really risen, all authority on earth and heaven has been given to Jesus, the woman might be a bit fearful of what might happen to the disciples who denied and deserted him in his final hour of the greatest trial. Would there be judgment in Galilee? The angel had said in verse 7, go tell his disciples. But Jesus said in verse 10, go and tell my brothers. Go and tell my brothers. The risen Christ is not only infinitely powerful, he is kind beyond human measure. If anyone had deserted Jesus in the last hour of his testing, well, they do not need to despair. They do not need to be afraid. Because if they meet him in Galilee, he will call them his brother or sister. Have you turned your back on Jesus at some point in time? Have you deserted Jesus in a time of testing? Jesus says to you, do not be afraid. Do not despair. Because if you turn to him, he will meet you again. And when you see him, he will say, my brother, my sister. 
If you go to the place in your heart, the place of repentance, he will meet you with words, greetings, rejoice, welcome home, my brother, my sister. The risen Christ is infinitely powerful. The risen Christ is immeasurably kind. And now finally we see the purpose of his power and kindness. In order to admire and worship the risen Christ, we have to see that his power and kindness have a purpose and a goal. And the purpose of Jesus' power and kindness is in verse 19. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Although Jesus does not explicitly say, don't be afraid, when he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he is calling his disciples to be fearless because Jesus will empower his disciples to go into the world to make disciples. Jesus will empower his church with all power and all authority in heaven and on earth to go out into the world to make disciples. And that is why our church's stance in this time is this. In Jesus we stand to live by faith, not in fear for the good of our city. We can say this boldly. We can say this confidently because of Easter. We believe in this confidently because all power and all authority has been given to us and Jesus uses all of his power and authority to get behind us. The same power and authority that commanded the angels in heaven we really need to stop and just take that in. We are completely backed by Jesus, the risen Jesus, who has all power and all authority in earth and in heaven. In Christ, we can be fearless, not for our own sake, but for the sake of the gospel going to all nations for the sake of filling Jesus' kingdom with worshippers from Australia to Russia, from Japan to Egypt, from Canada to Argentina. We are to be fearless even in a pandemic to go and make disciples of all nations because Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. We do not need to be afraid. Are you a fearful person? Do you get anxious easily? In general, there are two ways to overcome your fear of something. One is by incrementally facing your fears, by slowly building up your confidence. You might know of this as uh, exposure therapy. A bit by bit, you expose yourself to more and more of the things that you're afraid of. Or another way to overcome fear is with a greater fear. Let me give you an example, a simple example. Say you are afraid of heights. You're afraid of jumping off the diving platforms at the pools. And a way you overcome that fear is to start at the bottom platform. 
and overcome the fear of the bottom platform. And once you overcome the bottom platform, well, you go up to the next platform to tackle the new height. And slowly, one platform at a time, you work your way up to the top. But what's another way you can overcome your fear of heights? The other way is to go straight up to the top platform and find the courage to jump off the top platform. But once you do that, then, well, you're not afraid of jumping off all other heights. Because once and for all, you've overcome your fear of jumping off all the platforms. Now, imagine your fears in life, they're like diving platforms. The least scariest things, well, they're on the bottom platform. The most scariest things, well, they're on the higher platforms. Now, what would you say is the greatest fear that's on the top platform? What would you say is the greatest fear in your life? Is it not being loved? Is that your greatest fear? Is it not being happy? Is that your greatest fear? Is it not being significant? Is that your greatest fear? Well, all those fears has its roots in the fear of death. Because death tears us apart from loved ones. Death cuts happiness short. And death makes our lives inconsequential. Death is the greatest fear in our lives. But Jesus conquered death at Easter. Jesus has risen to life. And the first thing that he tells us after he's been raised to life, what does he say? He says, do not be afraid. Jesus has victory over the greatest fear in life. And when we put our faith in Jesus' death and his resurrection, we go to the top platform of fear. And when we put our faith in Jesus' death and resurrection at the top platform of fear, we descend with him into death. But we rise again with his resurrection so that once and for all, we have victory over death. And once and for all, we have conquered all the fears in our life. When we have victory over death, we need not be fearful of anything, anything that might ever happen to us. Only by the fear and awe of Jesus' power and kindness can we cast out all our fears away. Only the fear and awe of Jesus' power and kindness can we be fearless to live on mission to go and make disciples of all nations for God's glory. Jesus is infinitely powerful. Jesus is immeasurably kind to make us fearless. Do you hunger to admire such a person? Such awe and spectacular beauty, infinite power, immeasurable kindness, such grand purpose, the risen Christ, the one who steals our fears by his resurrection. Do you hunger to worship such awe? Do you hunger to worship the risen Christ? Well, if so, why don't you walk down 
the path of obedience and faith. And you can expect him that he will meet you on the way. If you would like to start on that path to live by faith and not by fear for the good of our city, then please join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we confess that we've worshipped other things to satisfy our hunger for all. We're sorry that we've rejected and deserted you. Help us to turn back to you, knowing with great thankfulness that you will receive us, you will meet us, and you will call us your brother or sister. We praise you for your infinite power, your immeasurable kindness, and in your power and kindness, may we live by faith and not in fear for the good of our city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.